Did you watch NXT last night? I did, and I liked the show. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a pro wrestling website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, I'm talking with John Smith, a lifelong pro wrestling fan, and he's a fellow podcaster. We'll be talking all the latest news in pro wrestling, and not just what you saw or missed on NXT last night. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 12, 2021, where you can find all the latest pro wrestling news. And here we are, John. Welcome to the Daily Wrestling News Show. Good, man. Loving the new intro. Well, I should mention we are powered by the Eastern Observer. So uh, we have a great show today. It's mostly NXT. Oh, cheers, John. Cheers. I see you got the cup there. And mostly NXT. Not a ton of other news going on today, So, but NXT had a very, very newsworthy show last night, I thought. So I say let's get into it. We had two big title matches, both champions retaining. Uh, what did you think of the Kushida Escobar main event? Uh, as I was telling you earlier, I pulled my best Gary Maheffi impression and fell asleep during a Santos Escobar match. <laughs> not, not because of the action, though. It was during the commercial break, so... I had a long day yesterday. We had a nice long podcast. I was all tuckered out, but I, I caught up on it this morning. Uh, you know, I think we all knew Kushida was winning it, or we all hoped at least Kushida was winning it because, you know, a lot of us want to see Santos go moving on to bigger and better things. Um, the match itself was unbelievable. Santos got the first fall. You know, Kushida then tapped him out and hit him with a, uh, a bridging suplex for, for two falls. So, you know, it's a convincing victory for him, and, um, you know, I'd like to see where the cruiserweight division goes from here. Yeah, we were also mentioning that Legado del Fantasma got kicked out right away. So Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza were down there for the start of the match, and I think it was really, really good. MSK came out. There wasn't really much to cause the referee to throw them out, but the fact that they were gone in the first minute of the match meant that we were going to get a good, solid match out of these two, the kind that we wanted. And, yes, Kushida took a pin. We, we, we thought he would. He took a pin, and then he got a tap out with the hoverboard lock. And then you mentioned that bridging suplex. What a unique way to finish a 20-plus-minute 20, 20 match. Kushida had him again in the hoverboard lock for a long, long time. And then Santos kept escaping or getting to the ropes or whatever. Kushida hits a vertical suplex with a bridge for the pin. Great finish, I thought. Yeah, with the arms still in the hammer lock, so he could he had no leverage to kick out. He was just he couldn't even wiggle his body. He was just laying there helpless. <laughs> yes. So Kushida is our champion. Uh, no word on what Santos Escobar is going to do, but the way NXT has been setting up their shows and booking their shows and letting us know what's happening, they're they're like three weeks out now. And I like that. It's similar to NXT UK where you have a little thing bubble up. And then they announce a match, and it's going to be a couple weeks or whatever away, much like they've done with the Bronson Reed and Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. We know two weeks of programming right now, plus we're seeing little feuds bubble that will eventually pop. So um, I guess we'll talk about the other title match. Raquel Gonzalez got her first defense against Mercedes Martinez in a match that ended with a choke bomb. And, and Mercedes is the biggest woman on the on NXT roster besides Raquel. Wasn't sure if she'd be able to get that choke bomb on her, but she did. Yeah, she got her up there good. Big impact. It was a good match. Um, I, I don't really see it in Mercedes Martinez. You know, I'm glad that she wasn't part of Retribution, especially now that gotcha. that thing all fell apart. But, you know, I, 
it, they got to start making us care about her for like it, they just brought her in like hey i was a single mom and now i'm trying to get mine you know later in my life but like it's not enough for us to care yet you yeah. know like get some big victories like like raquel did make make big impacts you know yep yep so raquel moves on we're not sure where she's headed next but there is a lot of stuff happening on the women's division you know ember and shotzi just got freed up so they could be challengers um and they could also go back at canvas and indy but you know we've had several weeks in a row of title matches we don't know where raquel's headed next but we do know that frankie monet is debuting or the world premiere of frankie monet is in two weeks whatever that means so yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be an in-action type, or maybe it's that new um, what, the girl with the Z that I called Z on Rough a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Zeta Ramirez, yeah. <laughs> Zeta Ramirez, yeah. like I could see her debuting against somebody like that because I think they're going to give her just a, like a like a quick victory, you know, a five-minute match, you know, show what I, she can do, and then Shotzi and Ember I think are going to get involved. I think that's going to be her first program. Well, WWE took a long-standing issue uh, with USA Network for preempting them for the dog show years ago, and now you have Frankie Monet with her dog. You know, maybe it, maybe it'll be a little dog show to kind of get back at the USA Network for years of abuse there. So, <laughs> we also got the official announcement yesterday during the day, but then on the show they announced that NXT Takeover in Your House is announced for June thirteenth. Todd Pattengale will be the host. Todd Pettengill, of course, a WWE, com- uh, not commentator, but backstage guy f- from years ago and also a radio personality in you know the greater New York area. So, John, in your house, Todd Pettengill. Yeah, I mean, he made a little appearance last year. You know, he did like a voiceover for a promo maybe. I think he might have made an actual appearance, but he wasn't involved so much with the pay-per-view. I'm excited about it, not because I liked him, but just for the, the nostalgia purposes of it. Now, you are historically known for being able to look at the NXT product and know at least a couple of matches well before they're they're identified. So at this point, you know, it's about a month away. Anything, any matches that you're like, this is definitely going to be on the show? Um, I think we're going to get Gargano versus Karrion Cross. Interesting, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be our. I think it's going to be title for title, or maybe not yeah. even title for title. Carry Cross might even say, "I don't even want that title. I just want to beat you up." <laughs> but um, that way, you give like then you're taking an a NXT a North American Championship off it. Then you, it makes room for one more match on that card too. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, it does seem like we're getting set up for that, right? The theory, the theory win was convincing and brutal. Johnny's got his program. Uh, both Karrion Cross and Johnny have title offenses over the next two weeks that we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, yeah, that could be the that could be. It's a good call. Let's go with that. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. Yeah, so. I mean, it could be Dexter Loomis versus Johnny for the North American title, but they kind of put feel like they've put that on hold for the Indian Dexter Loomis angle. You know, right, right. They trademarked Index as a name several weeks ago. So we're waiting for that to illuminate, you know, come through. So Bobby fish made his return after a long time out after, uh, I believe he got taken out in war games long ago by Pete Dunn and his crew. I guess it was Pat McAfee and his crew at that time, but Bobby fish returned to make a save. Kyle O'Reilly got a win over Oni Lorcan. 
but then Kyle getting jumped by both Pete Dunn and Lorcan. Bobby Fish comes out, makes the save. Uh, they do have a little exchange afterwards. Thank you very much for the save, but I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, I know, but I don't like these guys, so I got my stuff to deal with. So Bobby Fish is back. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, like a dud to me. Like it, they they put so much emphasis on Adam Cole the whole time in the Undisputed Era. It's hard for us to, you know, care about the other three, to be honest with you. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly did ha- has had a, you know, somewhat of a push lately, but it kind of feels forced. Like, okay, it's your turn now. You know, it, it yeah. didn't happen organically, I feel. Yeah, Kyle broke well, Kyle broke out, and I feel like he's done okay. Um Roddy, Roddy was no better be- after than he was before. In fact, he might be a little weaker now. And Bobby Fish was never the focus of attention. So I feel like he's gonna not be in the best position going forward. He's gonna be eating some losses, I think, no matter who he wrestles. But he's back. So uh, Swerve Scott introduced us to Hit Row. So Hit Row is the name of his new entourage and group. Uh, Swerve said things are about to get spooky as the rest of the group came out. Um, I didn't quite understand that, but, you know, I don't understand a lot of things. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was supposed to mean, man. But, I mean, I like the rest of the, the whole thing. Like the rhymes yeah. that they were, especially the big guy, uh, Francis something top dollar aj francis top oh, yeah dollar. top dollar yeah <laughs> yeah yeah everybody got a turn with the microphone which was nice it's another intergender group so that opens up some the way versus you know hit row maybe down the road so it's you know it's you and i both said a few weeks ago when they did that intergender eight man tag or whatever that was a lot of fun so maybe this will open up some opportunity there too so yeah, it's always nice to have a new faction. I, I love factions. Oh, 100%. The, the, sum, the sum of the parts is like, is, or the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, you know, in most cases. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We just we just spoke about it, right? The Undisputed Era was an example, right? Like Bobby Fish on his own is not, at least right now, I'm projecting him not to be nearly as great of a star as he was inside the Undisputed Era, teaming with right. O'Reilly and going for those tag titles. So, same thing here. Ashanti Theodonis, he's my uh, Tahuti Miles, whatever you're going to call him. He's been all over 205 Live and everything for weeks and months and uh, probably a year at this point. And he really hasn't gone anywhere. Now he's. Oh, that was Ashanti Theodonis? Yes. Yes. There you go. See, that's how much I pay attention to 205. Because, I I mean, I know the name. I've seen him wrestle, but, like, you know, you don't really pay attention too much when you're watching 205. It's usually like. You're also doing something else when 205 Live is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you finished watching SmackDown and for some reason turned on the network and there or the Peacock, whatever you do now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh also there was an auction. We got to witness an auction on the show last night. And uh Cameron Grimes was there to buy a house and he bid eight million dollars, and the bid went from eight million dollars to twenty million dollars. And Ted DiBiase reminded us that everybody's got a price. For the million dollar man, <laughs> damn you, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> the house was even worth $20 million. Why would Cameron Grimes spend, waste his money at that point? You know, I think that was this, fiscally responsible by Cameron Grimes. Absolutely, 100%. This is the feud that we need to continue for the rest of time. 
This is a perfect cameo for Ted DiBiase, who looks great, by the way. He looks healthy and everything, and this is a perfect role for him to, uh, you know, to jump on screen and remind us of how maniacal he was. So. I think he'd do good as a manager if he wants to come back just as as Cameron Grimes' manager. They eventually end up seeing eye to eye in some somehow, and you know he's they're teamed up. That would be fun. They have to introduce him as being accompanied to the ring by his financial advisor or something like that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so that is the news mostly. There's a ma- match announcements we'll get to in a second, but also. Uh, in terms of matches on the show, Karrion Cross defeated Austin Theory like we knew he would. MSK defeated Brazongo. Pete Dunn got a win over Leon Ruff. Leon was insistent to have a match, so he answered the open challenge and got beat. Then you have your two title matches that we already talked about. But coming up, coming up on NXT, we have Johnny Gargano versus Bronson Reed in a Steel Cage North American Championship match next week. John, do you give Bronson Reed a chance here? I've been saying it for a while. I don't I don't see what they see in Bronson Reed. I've been picking against him many, many a time, and I'm always wrong, but I'm picking against him on this one too. I don't think they're putting that title on him. Um, I, maybe they just wanted to make him look strong leading up to like build him up a little bit, but um, we've always thought that Dexter was the next guy in line. Maybe the indie program is you know throwing a wrench in that, and, and they do give it to Bronson Reed. Who knows? Maybe it's you know time to put the focus on on the girls in the way right now because they got the titles and maybe take it off of Johnny so he doesn't have so much spotlight on him. Yeah, but you know I, I'm going to go with Johnny. I'm going to stick with betting against Bronson Reed. <laughs> now in the past you've said though I think that Johnny Gargano is doing the best work of his career and I like the idea of you promoting him up to face Karrion Cross in a potential match. Uh, huge size differential there, but it could be good and you know maybe he does drop the title here to do that. I don't like you said though. I don't think he needs to, but he could be. Or maybe even Karrion Cross gets involved and and gets Bronson Reed the title, or like not not gives it to him, but you know he he stops Austin Theory from helping, and you know he stops Johnny from climbing out the door or something, and then Bronson Reed, you know, wins yeah. somehow. Yeah, you could do that. They could do that. So that's next week. Also next week, we have Zoe Stark versus Tony Storm. This is what I was talking about earlier when I say that they're setting things up weeks in advance, which is really nice. I really, Even though it's a television show, so often you turn on Monday Night Raw and you've got two matches announced and the rest kind of materialize through a promo in the first four or five segments or whatever. I love this concept where they have stuff that builds and builds and builds and then it's a match down the road. This is a prime example. Sark for Storm. Storm says she brought Stark into the business, and now she's going to take her out. So, uh, I like this match. I think it should be a lot of fun. Tony Storm can go, and Zoe Stark has also shown that she can go. So it should be a good match. Yeah, I agree. I, I I'd like to see Tony take this one. I don't think she needs to lay down again to Zoe. I think to, like a focused Tony should be beating Zoe um, in next week. Yeah, and Tony Storm, uh, I, you know, her last match she lost to a relatively unknown person, like uh, Zeon Ruff, I think you named her, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Zeta Ramir beat her Tony Storm. So Tony is on a losing streak at the moment. She needs to turn it around. Zoe Stark also, I think her last outing was against Saray, and she lost. So uh, it wouldn't be bad for either of them to get a win, but 
Tony's loss last time was more egregious. So Tony needs the win here, I think. And then yeah, it was Zoe Stark's fault, though, that she lost the match. So there is that caveat to it. There is. Yes, there is. There is. Now, in two weeks, we already mentioned Frankie Monet's world premiere, but we also have a NXT championship match between Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. It's the rematch. Balor said, I want my rematch. Cross said, I want it too. So let's do it. So we've got that match two weeks. Uh, that should be about, well, that's like only a couple of weeks before uh, the pay-per-view, the NXT in your house. So things are things are going to be moving fast as we, as we come out of that. Yeah, I don't see Karrion Cross getting another clean win over, over Balor, though. I, I think that there's just going to be some sort of interference in this match. I don't know who or how or why, but. You know, I, I, I don't think Finn's winning it. Don't don't get me wrong. I just you know don't think they're gonna have Finn lay down twice for carrying cross. There's so many people circling that title, so I agree. They could, I mean, they could even have a huge multi-person match at the pay-per-view because they set up Pete Dunne wants that belt, Kyle O'Reilly wants that belt, Adam Cole wants the belt. We've got a scenario where Gargano should be in there, and then also um, Finn Balor too if he doesn't have a clean loss. He could be still in contention, so you could have a six-person, you know, type of match. Regal, get on it! I'm sure there's a good match that you can pull out of history and then announce in a really Regal-esque voice. So, yeah, um, I think that is NXT from yesterday. Like I said, really newsworthy show. A lot of announcements. Yeah, I think we covered and, everything, though. Yeah. Okay, well, today's history lesson, today, not yesterday when he won a two out of three falls, but today is Kushida's 38th birthday. So if you're on the Twitter, give him a little happy birthday message. I'm sure he'll be happy to read it. He's older than me. That's what I like. Yeah. I, I miss the days when all the wrestlers were older than me, and now it's just a couple of them, it <laughs> seems like. Well, now it seems like you, the rookies are, are are older than us these days. But back then, you know, they were they were about our age when we were watching twenty years ago. The rookies, and now yes. they're about our age now when they're coming in. Right, the average age of a main roster talent has definitely increased over the years for sure. <laughs> We've got a bunch of other news items uh, to talk through. First and foremost, I, I wanted to mention uh, it's not really news, but AW Dark. <laughs> It's actually kind of a fun show to watch, and not because you can't predict all the matches. You can definitely do that, and a lot of them are only three minutes, and some are only 37 seconds. But Taz and Excalibur on commentary, it sounds like it's two friends that are just watching wrestling. You know, Taz is, like, there, and he's he's singing the Jungle Boy song, even though he doesn't know the words, you know? <laughs> so he's just, you know, doing the humming and stuff. So it's fun. Sample it. It's just a, it's just a fun show. <laughs> And then other th other news out of AEW, Ricky Starks is out with a fractured neck. That sounds horrible. Apparently, it's only a three-month recovery process, but a fractured neck. He took a suplex, a German suplex, I think, in the Hangman Page match. It looked nasty. Apparently, it was nasty. And now he's out. So Wow, I did not hear that. That's terrible. You know, they got to be more careful. Yeah, yeah, that that did not look good, and I hope that he uh, I hope that he recovers from that fully because that sounds like a nasty injury. John Cena's in the news again. 
John Cena is creating a series for Peacock called WWE Evil, an entertaining psychological expose in the minds of the most diabolical antagonists in WWE history and their impact on the mainstream culture. That's the uh, the byline or the read for it. So, no no announcement on when this is going to air or anything. But John Cena's at the helm, maybe the super babyface of the two thousands, telling us about all the evil characters in WWE history. So, should be fun. Uh, yeah, I like that the spotlight is on the heels, though you don't normally see that. Yeah, yeah, and their impact on culture, which is interesting too, because. You know, you have certain characters that are so um, influential on everything. You know, like when you think about Ted DiBiase and, you know, what he symbolized. You know, we just talked about him earlier. And then you have another heel guy, like, I don't know who they're going to pick, but The Undertaker throughout time. You know, he had a definite impact and eventually turned. So uh, I think it'll be a really interesting show, and I wonder who they're going to pick. But uh, it's fun. Everything that the WWE Network does in terms of video packages and documentaries it's all very very well put together so i'm sure this will be no different and i have well las vegas new york city texas and phoenix anything any idea what those cities and places might have in common john las vegas phoenix and what else las vegas new york city texas and phoenix these are all potential rumored locations for wwe SummerSlam. yeah as reported by fightful and wrestling observer uh wwe the new york city one they're looking at msg as a potential location so that could be kind of cool now john will you go if that's a if it's in the in new york 100 okay. i will definitely be there if it's at msg absolutely okay even if the main event is charlotte flair versus cody rhodes uh, yeah, then I could just hit the road early. You know, I could beat traffic. <laughs> there you go. Although I, I wouldn't want my money going into their pockets. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we completely covered Dynamite on yesterday's Daily Wrestling News show with Travis. But it's interesting because last night, John, you and I were on the Essential Wrestling Podcast talking through things. And we talked about this Darby Allen and Miro match. Everybody picked Miro. Everybody thinks Miro is going to win this match. Uh, I've done some digging on social media to see what a wider net thinks, and it seems like there are some Darby people that are saying, you know, he's the guy that they've built and they've created and stuff, and he's going to be—they're going to go with him. But by and large, it feels like Miro has all of the hype here. It seems like Miro is the odds-on favorite to win. It's also the fact that Miro has been kind of like cast aside ever since he's you know been there he, he hasn't been made look to look weak or anything but then he hasn't been made to look important to us right. either so you know i think now is his time to shine and if if he doesn't like what is what, what are their plans like they would need some sort of major like interference like slash feud starter with somebody else you know somebody big like a moxley or something to right. pick a fight with them to make him lose this title and us be okay with it you know right yeah, and and Miro is undefeated. So is Darby, and, and you know, so it's kind of you're you're going into it. Both guys have a zero in that second position. So somebody is going to leave with a loss. Kip Sabian, if people are thinking he might interfere, Kip Sabian's out. He is on the shelf. So that's not going to be what happens. Um, 
But, you know, he could also walk out there with a neck brace and, you know, just, inter- you know, distract him. So who knows? Yeah. So that's that. And also the big thing is, you know, it could be SCU's last match. Um, it could be Christopher Daniels' last match. So there's a lot of implications to tonight's Dynamite. They're doing, you know, similar to what we we're talking about with NXT. They're a few weeks out. Double or nothing is right around the corner, May 29th. So we're only a few weeks away. So uh, I would expect that as we come out of tonight's show, we're going to see some more matches materialize. We already know that it's Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker and John, uh, Kenny Omega versus either Orange Cassidy or Pac, depending on the outcome of their match tomorrow night. So a lot of stuff at stake on Dynamite tonight, including the IWGP United States Championship. So um, someplace where there's no nothing at stake tonight is MLW Fusion. There will not be an MLW Fusion tonight. Uh, you can watch Ring of Honor's Women's Wednesday show at 7 p.m. on YouTube instead as your Dynamite pre-show. MLW Fusion is between seasons, so catch them in a few weeks. And when is WWE going to get on getting their, themselves an all-women's show? I mean, they have the roster for it now, and I think they would like a 205 Live type, but for for the women, maybe have like introduce a, a secondary title that's only on that show or something because you know not enough women get the like if you're not in the world pick title picture or now like the tag team title picture you don't really get much of a spotlight on you at all you either have to be in a championship program or you're you know dancing with our truth you know it's an interesting point Mick Foley went to Twitter a few weeks ago and he said the same thing he said get on it before AEW does he said hey Vince do this before AEW does it oh did he really Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And if you dig into the comments there, ever you know, there's a lot of good points that people make about why you should and why you shouldn't do it. Um, people are afraid that if you do that, then nobody will watch the show and things like that, uh, or that there'll be, you know, separate but equal type of mentality to it. But I think there's some merit in in exploring it, if nothing else, to see where it goes and also to give these people ring time. Yeah, like I'm not saying saying. take the women off of the main roster or off of Raw and SmackDown. You're still going to have your world champions there. And maybe the world champions don't really make appearances on the women's all women's show. It's like, you know, it could be, you know, a, a step between NXT and the main roster or something like that, you know? Well, and also, you know, right now, if you tune on SmackDown, tune into SmackDown each week, you know, Carmella and Ruby Riot went two and a half minutes. You know what? Let's see what they could do with 12 minutes on their own show, you know? So, I think there's something to that. I'm, you know, I, I'm definitely a big advocate for women's wrestling, and I think that you're right there. Something, you know, there's there's definitely room for more content you know, on the WWE uh, programming. All right, John, it is time for pro wrestling trivia. John and I are going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania backlash at the back end of the show, but I've got some, tr- I got the trivia th- section to go through, and then I got some other things to tell you about. But John, let me play the bumper and get into it. All right, only one person's getting a point this week. And Al Carl set the pace with 20 points. He's, he got 20 people on a certain card, so it's incredibly hard to beat. Uh, Travis came in with zero yesterday. He picked Randy Orton as the only guy not on Survivor Series 2019 uh, or 2020, whatever it was. <laughs> I saw that. I can't believe- I'm sorry for laughing, Travis. Like, that was unbelievable. That, that's kind of like when I picked Asuka because Asuka was like the MVP last year. And 
she wasn't on it, and, but I mean, for your, to be your first guy, that's bad luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> he said afterwards that he knew Randy wasn't on there, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> he didn't want to go there. Yeah, right. All right, so we're going to, you know, so the, the challenge here is I had to find a show that had 20 people on it so that you had a chance to tie out. So just give me a Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, the Royal Rumbles are tough because there's like 80 people on those shows. So, <laughs> so here we go. We're going to do, you get basically just to reiterate the rules, I'm going to name a show. John is going to then start naming wrestlers that competed on that show. He's going to go until he misses. Once he misses, it's over. Whatever his point total is, that'll score him for the week. Whoever wins the week gets bragging rights. Whoever wins the month gets a championship. So here we go. Your show is War Games from 2019. And your hint is I was there. <laughs> that, that, that helps you All right. Um, so you got the four undisputed era. You know, okay. Cole, O'Reilly, Fish. Uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Holly Fish. Um, Cole. Oh, Roddy Strong. Okay. <laughs> just, yep. Um, all right. Keith Lee. Wait. Keith Lee. Um, Rhea Ripley. Ripley. Yeah, six. Yeah. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Takeover. He had to be on it, no? Johnny wasn't on the show. Oh. No Johnny Gargano. Okay, here's here's the card. Angel Garza versus Swerve Scott in the pre-show. The women's war game match was Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai versus Baszler, Bianca Belair, Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. If you remember, Dakota Kai took out Tegan Knox. Yep. Two on four. Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest and Killian Dane. Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. And then the men's war game was Ciampa, Lee, Dijakovic, Kevin Owens versus the Undisputed Era. Okay, so you had six. Six. Okay, so Al's. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to get 20 anyway. So. <laughs> well, if you got two war games matches, that would have been 16. So uh, you had a shot there. Yeah, All true. right. Okay, like I said, we're going to talk about Backlash, so stick with us for a few, just a second, but I want to tell people about some other stuff that they can check out, including the Crucifix t-shirt. This is a new t-shirt by MinutesToBellTime.com. You can get it at BodySlamClothes.com or the MinutesToBellTime.com shop. It's 20 bucks, includes all the sizes, it's free shipping, and it already comes in a super soft style, so check it out at BodySlamClothes.com. And then on Friday nights, join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca for the primetime rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Last night, we had episode number 53 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. It was a great time talking through everything that's going on this week, including uh, WrestleMania Backlash and Impact's show this weekend. Al Carl hosts. John and I are both there with John DeCani also. Gary Mahefi is there typically, but not last night. You can check it out every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer platforms. And the Daily Wrestling News Show, that's this show. 
You can cut it to every day at 10 a.m., Monday through Thursday, most weeks. Occasionally we do Friday. So do check us out every day to get the latest in the world of pro wrestling news. And uh, you can also catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places where you can catch the on-demand feed. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Do check that out. It's a free newsletter that goes out to over 4,200 people, and it's free. And it has all the news broken up by company. You can check it out for free at bodyslammerbrigade.com. Okay, with that being said, John, let's come back. Let's talk about WrestleMania Backlash. We've got a right now we have a six-match show. We got Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, Bobby Lashley versus Drew and Braun, Bianca Belair versus Bailey, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte and Asuka, the Dirty Dogs versus Ray and Dominic, Damian Priest versus the Miz in the Lumberjack match. The one question I have for you, John, to close out the show is where's the title change here? Who's losing their belt? Um, I think the Dirty Dogs are definitely losing their belts to the Mysterios. Um, And when we went through our picks yesterday on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, I had had both women and both men retaining. Um, It doesn't seem very likely that all four world champs are going to retain, though. So um, I kind of like your guys' idea about Charlotte Flair, uh, you know, that, that she might end up taking it. I might be switching my pick to Charlotte on that one instead of sticking it with with Rhea Ripley because, you know, Sonya Deville is on her side and, you know, it, it could be, you know, it, the way to get Sonya Deville fired from her position and get her back in the ring. And, you know, it's, there's so much they could do with that. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Charlotte is a heat-seeking missile right now. Like, all of the, you know, to generate all that heat that WWE loves, let's put that belt on Charlotte and watch the fans explode. Uh, she is not the fan favorite. But then it's like, what was the point of putting the belt on Rhea for a month? You know, to, to well, feel like, sorry about last year. Sorry you had to drop your belt to Charlotte at WrestleMania last year. Charlotte is, to a lot of people, the, you know, the unanswerable question, right? Like, Asuka doesn't typically beat Charlotte. Charlotte is the person, the bane of her existence. And, you know, I could see them doing that with Rhea Ripley, too, where Charlotte is sort of the the person who comes in and just beats her in all the important matches and, you know, Rhea will get her day again. But I, I think I think that's the title change. I could be wrong. I don't see Bailey winning. I don't see Drew winning. I don't see Cesaro winning. I definitely don't see Braun Strowman winning. Ray and Dominic, don't disappoint us. We've all yeah. picked you. <laughs> all right. Well, we may get some more WrestleMania Backlash matches announced on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. So we'll stay tuned for that. But for now... I think that's everything. John, anything else you want to chat about or advice you want to give out or anything? Oh, yes. I do have a word of advice for the people out there. Um, this week has, has to do with board games, specifically Monopoly. I've been playing a lot of, a lot of Monopoly lately because my son's been getting into it. And number one, it's a very good way to teach children the value of things and that the most expensive thing isn't always the, most, isn't always the best thing. And here's the real word of advice. The orange properties, you need to buy the orange properties and just build hotels on them right away. Trade Boardwalk and Park Place for all the orange properties because they they cost nothing to build on almost. They cost half as much, and you can build them up, and they're right outside of jail. So whenever somebody ends up out of jail, they roll a six, an eight, or a nine, they're on your hotel, and you're getting a 1000 bucks. How much money can you take a guy take from a guy in jail, though? 
I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got to mortgage his properties to pay you. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's your words of advice on how to beat up on your kids playing Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. For John Smith, I'm Ryan Joy. This has been our show. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening or whatever, and we'll see you next time.